Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. For up-to-date information and ways to get involved, please visit us at classiccity.org. All right, good morning and happy Father's Day. Uh, We are continuing our series on Fruit of the Spirit. So far, we've covered Lloyd... I combined them. Love and joy, which if you heard my sermon, they are kind of inseparable. So maybe that was on purpose. Love, joy, peace. Last week was peace with Lisa, and this week is patience. We're going to talk about patience. Um, And I felt like I really got to experience and live that. I got a nice marriage of Father's Day and patience this morning as my wife, who's very pregnant and in a lot of pain, she was in charge of uh, being the, direct, the welcome director this morning. And so I was in charge of our little one by myself while I was also trying to get things ready. And as you see, I like to dress up when I'm on stage. And I had to go by the ministry center to take care of a couple of things before I made my way here. And my daughter thought, this is the time to go wild. I'm gonna let loose. And so as we were, we. I feel like we mostly made it through the actual building pretty fine, but when I was bringing everything out, my arms are full, and I've got her by the hand, and I had to let go just for a second, just to unload my arms, she decided, I'm taking off. And she ran about 20 feet, and I I was yelling, Lucy, stop, Lucy, stop, and she stopped, and she kind of looked at me, but then she just, she was like, if I move slow, maybe he won't notice I'm still (laughs) getting away, and I could see what she saw. She saw a giant puddle of mud out in the back uh, yard area of the ministry center. I knew that's what she wanted. And she just kept, and I kept saying, and I knew if I start chasing her, she's gonna run. And anyways, long story short, I ended up having to chase her while I'm dressed like this. And I was like, man, someone's gonna drive by and they're gonna be like, that preacher, is he the guy I just saw like diving headfirst into the dirty ground chasing a little girl? And yes, that was me. And she didn't make it to the mud puddle, thankfully, but she did make it to a pile of dirt where she reached her hands in really fast and threw it on her face. (laughs) I don't know why. So then I was like, okay, I gotta clean you up. So Father's Day, (laughs) patience, the fruit of the spirit, it's alive and active. Praise God. So relevant. So when we say fruit of the spirit, I want to be clear. We love using a little imagery of like a little apple or something that you take a bite of. And we imagine this almost like this item of power. But when we say fruit of the spirit, we're really talking about outcomes of the spirit of God dwelling with us. It's living inside you. It's moving through you. It's walking through life with you. And these are the outcomes of doing life with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like having a roommate, all right? 10, over 10 years ago, I worked at Choo Choo's on the east side. Anybody ever been to Choo Choo's? All right, give it up for Choo Choo's, cheap Asian food. And one of the outcomes, one of the benefits of living with me during that season was when anyone placed a pickup order, they would pay for it, we would make it, and then sometimes they just never came to get it. Who knows what happened? Maybe they got a flat tire, I don't know. But you know what? I was always happy about it because I took home that food. Sometimes our fridge was just stacked with styrofoam things filled with rice and chicken. And so a blessing, an outcome of being my roommate was my roommates were eating so much choo-choo's, so much chicken and rice and yellow sauce. 
just so much yellow sauce. They were highly blessed, filled with sodium, and full bellies, bloated bellies. Anyways, that was an outcome of me being their roommate. In the same way, when God is dwelling with you and walking with you, there are outcomes that overflow. So let's read what those outcomes are from Galatians 5, 22 through 25. You're gonna see these verses every week. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Sometimes they use a different word for that. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Right, so we're gonna be focusing on that fourth one, patience, which puts us almost halfway through uh, all the, the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I know when the word patience comes up, I feel like among Christian circles, it can sometimes be a word that we're a little apprehensive about, like, oh, you know, watch out praying for patience, you know, something, God might send something your way to make you exercise that patience, which I'd say, I I think God gives me enough whether I pray about patience or not. I I, I just gave you an example. I don't think God sent my daughter screeching across the thing, so... You know, I wouldn't worry too much about praying for patience. Or, or, no, actually, you should be praying for patience because I'm sure life is filling you with many opportunities and many people and many situations where patience is needed. So let's actually be encouraged to seek patience out. Obviously, it's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, it's kind of like biting into an apple. You get all different types of flavors. You get crispiness and sweetness and juiciness and tartness. And maybe you say, I don't want the tartness. I just want the sweet and the crispiness. Well, you can't isolate the flavor. It's all a part of that apple. It's all gonna come with the package. So patience is coming with the package, and that's a good thing. We're not scared of it. We don't wanna avoid it. We wanna joyfully and eagerly seek the Holy Spirit and all of its outcomes. Now, let's talk about the word patience. I got a lot of preamble that I gotta hit before we actually dive into scripture, and there's a good reason why. In the New Testament, In the Koine Greek, the ancient Greek language that the New Testament is written in, there's actually two words for patience, but only one of those words is used in the fruit, all right? And you can tell, well, you know, if you were to actually look, you could tell that they intentionally choose this word for patience sometimes, and they intentionally choose this word for patience sometimes. It's very intentional, the writers, which one they're choosing. Now, this isn't something you need to be scared about, like, oh, gosh, I don't know Greek. How am I going to read this? It's not a big deal because... Uh, the, the translations and the context is always there, right? If, you, if we were talking about two different types of patience but using the same word patience, I could tell based on the context of your story or what you're telling me what type of patience you're talking about. So that's not really a concern here, but I do wanna hit on these. So the first one we have is makrathumia. Makrathumia. I'm not gonna make y'all repeat that. That is patience towards somebody, someone, Okay, that's patience that we might show another person. Okay, so that's important. But then we've got hupamane, hupamane. This is another type of patience in a situation, right? When something's going on and maybe it's outside of your control and you really don't know what to do or how to handle it and you've just got to persevere through that situation, you've got to endure that situation. It's not relational. Whereas makrothume, 
uh, macrothumia is relational. That's a relational type of patience. And macrothume is the one that Paul chose to use when he was describing the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So when we're talking today about patience, we're gonna focus on this type of patience, a patience we show others. And we're gonna see that there's actually a lot of um, powerful ministry that comes through that type of patience and, and why it's so important. Um, interestingly enough, the word makrothumia is actually two Greek words smashed together to make a new word. It means literally long anger, which means to withhold or suffer through your anger for a long time, to, to, to allow that to um, not, to allow your anger not to overwhelm someone, but to withhold it. Uh, John Christendom, he is an ancient uh, early church father who was considered one of the greatest preachers in the first uh, few hundred years. And he has a quote about macrothumia type of patience. He says, it is like holding uh, your hand of a vengeance over someone, but choosing not to let go. This idea of you're going to have the ability to unleash your wrath over someone who might deserve it, uh, you have the ability to avenge a situation or a conflict with this person, but choosing to withhold that for their sake. And I like this image of like almost like holding it over because I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. The world, and oftentimes we can feel really strong when we snap back at somebody, uh, talk back to somebody when they say something mean to us, to hit back when they do something awful to us, but if you've experienced that, I'm trying to not do that thing, you're trying to withhold attacking back after you've been attacked, it actually takes more power and more strength to withhold, right? It's a lot of times easier to just immediately respond. And so this type of patience of withholding your vengeance is uh, something very difficult and something uh, that requires a lot of strength and something we're gonna see requires the Holy Spirit's help. And so this is, this is what we're gonna, the type of patience we're gonna look at, and we're gonna specifically look at the way that God shows us this patience, and in return, we show this patience to other, and kind of the ministry implications for this, the ministry implications for this. So that'll be kind of our focus. All right, so I'm gonna do a little bit of math for you. I think this will be fun. He was, he was like, how long you been here? And I was like, oh shoot, what year was it? I guess it's 11 years, but I couldn't do the math that fast. In the same way that we're talking about patience, we talked about love and joy and all these things, and oftentimes we can't talk about what love looks like, what joy looks like, unless we look at God's version of love and joy. What does it look like when God loves? What does it look like when God has joy? In the same way we're gonna look at, what does it mean when God has patience? In 1 John 4, 19, this, this very simple and basic principle that defines our ethics as Christians. We love because he first loved us, all right? We love because he first loved us. We respond because God responded to us first. All the outcomes of the Holy Spirit, all these fruit of the Spirit are really just our responses to what God has already put in us. God's character dwelling with us, him loving us, and us in return, loving others. And so these are the consequences, like I mentioned, the roommate analogy. And so let's continue with this idea of God being love. 
In 1 John 4, 8, it says, God is love. God is love. This is a famous verse. People quote it. People love to smack it on a piece of wood and hang it on their walls. God is love. All right, and like I said, we're gonna do some math here. We've got another verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is patient. All right, I think if we carry the two, swap some things around, do some basic algebra, what do we get? God is patient. God is patient. All right, and I don't think uh, any theologians would argue with that. God, yeah, there we go. God is love. God is patient. I mean, love is patient. God is patient. I did slides again. I love slides. And so we're going to see actually the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter in two letters they wrote, they're going to expound on this idea of what does it mean that God is patient? What does it mean for us? And what does it look like for our patience and our relationship with the Holy Spirit? So let's jump in. We'll see what the Apostle Peter says. If you want, you can turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at two, two uh, sections, two passages, 8 through 9 and 13 through 15. So let me pick up here in verse eight. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. Then jumping over to verse 13, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with you with the wisdom that God gave him. Have you ever wondered uh, why Jesus hasn't returned yet? If you've read through your New Testament, you're like, man, they keep talking about him coming back, but <clears throat> last time I checked the calendar, it's been thousands of years. Where the heck is Jesus? And if you've ever gone through a really bad season in life, you go, now would be a good time. Bring it, Jesus, come on back. Let's just go ahead and get this ball rolling because I'd like to get out of this situation. But right here, Peter explains to us, where Jesus is. You might feel frustrated that Jesus hasn't come back or maybe even a little nervous about him coming back, but we're told here that Jesus's delay in returning is actually an expression of God's mercy and patience. God is being patient with humankind. God is being patient with us because he wants to give us more time, more opportunity to come to know him as our Lord and Savior to experience salvation. This is, this is really cool. He's being patient with us so that we have more and more opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's, it's that simple. And I think also this same patience is communicated towards us as believers. If you read the Gospels, you see Jesus has to be patient with the disciples over and over and over and over again, right? He's constantly showing them mercy and patience throughout the, the gospel, throughout his uh, time with them. And so all the stumbles we have, all the selfishness we have, all the sin that we have, that as believers ends up misrepresenting Christ to the world, it misrepresents his love to the world, God shows us patience through that. 
All the laziness and apathy we have towards growing in our faith, growing in our relationship with Jesus or walking with the Holy Spirit, God is patient with us believers in that. God is patient even with our lack of spirit-filled patience towards others. And so whether you're non-believer, God is showing patience because he desires you to come to him. But also God is showing patience with us believers as we continue through this tough at times sanctification process. And so it's not, well, uh, God is patient just because. No, there's meaning and purpose behind why God is patient. There's a love and a desire to see people restored to him. There is purpose behind his patience. That purpose is something that gets communicated to us, that gets implanted to us through the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Romans and see what the Apostle Paul has to say about God's patience and what it means for our patience. Romans chapter two. Romans chapter two, verses one through four. You, therefore, have no excuse who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? He keeps talking about this idea of us passing judgment on others, passing judgment on others. And what he's describing there is impatience, you having impatience with somebody else, you not showing patience towards someone else. Another way that the word patience, makrathumia, is translated often is long-suffering, to suffer someone a long time. And it's saying here that God has suffered you for a long time. And so when we are passing judgment or attacking or getting upset with somebody else, we are no longer suffering them. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. That passage we read in Romans, Paul is trying to communicate this idea of you keep passing judgment, but really you need to be showing patience because God has already shown patience to you. Ephesians 4 is forgive each other as Christ God forgave you but also show patience to one another as Christ God showed you patience. We are meant to return these um, back to him. If God is being patient on all of mankind so they can have the opportunity to experience God's grace and eternal life through his son, then we should be patient in that same goal. We should be patient through that same mission. It's kind of like if somebody lets you borrow a truck. If somebody let me borrow a truck to go down the, you know, who knows, go to another town, pick up something, drive it back, all these things. I use it for a day and I return it to them. You better believe, right? Like the, the proper thing to do would be to fill the tank back up, right? Even if they gave it to me on like three quarters of a tank, I'd probably still just top it off as like a very thank you, right? I'm returning this favor. I'm responding to the kindness and love. 
if I trash it with whatever I'm picking up, I'm gonna clean it out. I, in fact, I'd like to return it more clean than what they gave it to me, right? If there's a bunch of McDonald's trash, I'm gonna clean it out for them, okay? No judgment, no judgment. And so that's how I'm going to respond to their generosity and kindness. This is what, what Paul is talking about, responding to God's generosity and kindness, responding to God's patience. And so as believers, we need to look at every moment that God is patient with us as him patiently giving us opportunities to demonstrate this same patience to others. Paul is explaining to us that patience is a path and a tool for salvation and restoration. This isn't just for God. God can show patience as a path to salvation, but he's inviting us to be a part of that same thing. A lot of times when we talk about Christian morals and Christian ethics, we can be really boring and really black and white about them. You know, it's this, uh, it's this list of things I gotta do and not do, and that's about it. That's all I really understand about our Christian morals and our ethics, and it's very uncreative, and it lacks purpose. It lacks motivation. Personally, I find it. And so, but based on the scriptures, especially the ones we just looked at today, we can actually have, see that we have purpose and reason and motivation behind the commands that God gives us. God is giving us purpose and meaning behind why we should be patient, why we should live out this fruit of the Spirit. Um, in Philippians 1, 18 through 26, we're not gonna read it, but just kind of in summary, it's a, it's a very famous passage because it's very curious. Paul kind of opens up and is vulnerable about how hard his ministry has been. He talks about having a thorn in his side. He talks about how it's been just really difficult, and, and that's no surprise, right? He's been close to beaten to death a couple of times. He's been thrown in jail a few times. He's probably been through really rough conditions traveling. At one point, he gets shipwrecked. He's starving. He's got people second-guessing everything he's doing. It's been tough, right? It's been really tough. And he also describes that there's some kind of thorn in his side. We don't think it's a physical thorn, but there's just something that's been nagging at him that he can't get by. And his conclusion is, you know, it'd be nice, probably a conclusion a lot of us had. What if I could just go be with Jesus now? What, what if I could just throw in the towel and say, all right, I'm done. I just want to go with, be with Jesus. And he, he throws that out as, that'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? But he stops himself from fully committing to that idea. And he, he explains that, but if I do that, then I no longer get to participate in what God is doing to spread the gospel. I no longer get to be a part of this mission and this purpose that God has given me if I throw the towel in early. And so I desire to stay so I can continue to be a part of God's purposes in that way. I've been watching the NBA Finals a lot. Um, you know, they, they wrapped up over this past week, but I've been watching the Finals a lot, so I got basketball on the mind. And so I was imagining this scenario where Paul is, he's on a basketball team, he's out on the court, He's taken a bunch of beatings, you know, the other team has targeted him and they're just gonna make sure that he suffers and that he doesn't wanna be out on the court. And so the coach puts him on the bench for a little bit, but he can't help himself. He wants to get back in the game because he thinks, I can, I can, I can make some great assist plays, I can make some great shots, I, could, I wanna give everything I got on defense and lay it on the line, I wanna be a part of the victory. I wanna, I wanna be out there and helping with the victory. In the same way, he's saying, I wanna be back out on the mission field because I wanna help 
with the victory that Christ has already won for us. He wants to join in Christ's victory, the work of redemption through patience with others. God has shown us patience so that we can experience Christ's victory and we get to help in Christ's victory through showing patience towards others. We get to be a part of something that's huge and special through doing something really small and simple. Patience is this really just basic mundane thing, right? We, it gets thrown around and talked about a lot, and yet it's, it's, one, it's one of the incredible outcomes of the creator of the entire universe dwelling inside you, so that's not mundane at all. And then another thing, it is this incredible, subtle, beautiful way that we get to lead others to Christ, that we get to be um, an example of Christ. Personally, for me, um, I think I feel more, if, if, if a fellow believer does something to hurt me, I typically am a little uh, more sad about that than if a non-believer does. And the reason why, you know, the reason why is because with the non-believer, I see them hurting me not as something to be upset about, but an opportunity. They've now offended me, they've, or they should have offended me, they've now hurt me, they've now attacked me, they've now done something inconsiderate towards me, but it doesn't phase me as much because I'm now like, oh, I have this opportunity to show patience, to show kindness, to show forgiveness. I can easily understand and see how this scenario of patience and love and forgiveness can be this opportunity for others to see and experience God. God's grace and love isn't something they might have ever experienced before. It might not be something they know. It might not be something that's even relevant. This idea of God being relevant to their lives. It might not even feel like it's relevant. And yet, if I'm the one who they've clearly hurt, they've done something harm to, I can be the one that gets to be the example of God's patience, his mercy, and his love to them. They've now given me the opportunity to serve them in that way. I think that's incredibly freeing. Instead of being frustrated and upset, as believers, it's now opportunity. They've, they've given you an opportunity to get in there. And that's energizing for me, that our ethics and our godly morals and the fruit of the Spirit aren't just this list, a checklist of things that we have to do, but it's something that is a gift and an opportunity to show God's love and his light to the world. And so this, this outcome of the Holy Spirit dwelling with you, this patience, it's a reminder, one, that God is patient with us, that he has been patient with us so we can come to know him, so others can come to know him, and so that we can grow in our faith despite how much we screw it up, despite how selfish we can be. But it's also this godly patience, an incredible tool and opportunity. In the same way that God is using his patience to bring others to salvation, our patience can also be that same tool. Let's close. Lord, thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that it dwells in us and among us, that you walk with us each and every day through your spirit, that you are always a breath away that we can talk to and communicate, call on, lean on and rest on. And Father, I just thank you for these various outcomes and fruit and especially patience. We don't pray for patience out of, uh, with fear and, and that uh, you're gonna send something hard our way, but with opportunity 
to show your love, to show your grace in a fresh and new way that someone may never have experienced. I pray that that would be our understanding of your patience, your love, your mercy. Lord, fill us with that patience and fill us with that love so we can be a light for you.